0: From Southern California,
1: this is the Jim Rome Show.
0: All right, so let's get at it. Let me start first with, well, if you're getting ready for work right now, then you are probably not. Right now, then
2: you're probably ready not. Frank
0: Reich. Frank Reich.
2: Getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. If you're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably. Frank Reich.
0: Frank Reich. If you're
2: getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not done. Frank time. Reich. Getting ready for work the right thing now, is, but- I I don't want
0: to pile on. Well done, Alvin. I don't want to pile on because that's not cool. Somebody getting fired is not cool. There are a lot of people. Well, it's one thing if you're wealthy and you're getting fired, then it's a little less not cool. But nobody losing their job is cool. I'm not looking to pile on. That's just that, Alvin. Alvin. That's just that famous soundbite that you clones love so much. And every time somebody gets fired. You rushed to Twitter with you're it. You're getting
2: ready for work right now, then you're probably not Frank Doug Reich. Well, then you're probably Frank not Frank Reich. You're getting anyway, ready for work right now, then you're you get probably the message.
0: That broke moments ago. Right now, Frank got the axe this morning. I know because I was looking at my phone and Shefty and ESPN popped in with the notification. He got the axe this morning following Matt Rule as the second head coach to get sawed off this season. Now, if you look at it, Reich finishes 40-22-1 and one in four and a half years in Indy. 40-33-1, I should say. Not terrible. Not terrible. Fair amount of wins for a dude who never had a QB. Of course, never having a QB was also partly his own fault. I mean, if anybody should be able to work with, develop, or get the most out of QBs, it's a former QB. It's Frank Reich. The record is not why I'm shocked. I'm a little surprised at the timing. I mean ultimately you knew this guy was not going to make it out of there alive. He was dead coach walking. I'm a little surprised it happened this morning but I can't argue against it. The Matt Ryan failure following the Carson Wentz failure was not going to go unpunished and it's an aggressive move to break this guy off right now. But I guess yesterday's horrific showing against New England, I guess they had seen enough. Question is, who had seen enough? Chris Ballard or Jim Ursay? or both? I mean, they were running out of guys to run, right? You already got the quarterback. You already got the offensive coordinator. It was getting worse. It was getting more embarrassing. They essentially were unwatchable. And one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL – so if you already got the quarterback and you already got the O-coordinator, who's next? The coach. And then if you already got the coach and it doesn't get better, who's next? The GM. So did Ballard make that call himself to buy himself a little more time? Or is Ursay just collecting all the heads himself? Either way, two weeks ago, it was Matt Ryan's, Ryan's head that rolled. Then last week, it was the O-coordinator, Marcus Brady. Never mind that Reich calls the calls or makes the calls. So now he's gone. And if he's gone, it would stand to reason that Chris Boward is going to be next. Because things are going to get worse before they get any better with a young quarterback. And it's starting to look like a full teardown and a full rebuild. Every head is going to wind up rolling before too long. And then we'll have one of our favorite moments. My man, Jim Ursae, standing outside on the tarmac next to his jet. Engines roaring. With the phone turned around on him. And him laying it out. I like that about him. Who, who else would do that? Who else can do that? Who else does do that? That's a flex, yo. Walking out there, iPhone in hand, I'm assuming. Anyway, that's that. Frank Reich. It, that, not to be cliche, but that was not a question of if, but a matter of when. But frankly, I did not think that the when was going to be this morning. But it is. And that's done. 1-800-636-8686. So right in the middle of that, I'll give you a telephone number. And you Colts fans, go ahead and hit me up. And you football fans have a comment on that? Hit me up. I'm a little surprised by the timing, but not by the decision. It was, wait for it, inevitable. Inevitable. In terms of that, then you go to the roundup and the roundup would include the thinking that to me, that was one saucy NFL Sunday, one saucy NFL Sunday. Put aside for a minute, that it was an absolute bloodbath, all right, for most of us or all of us who got down. But aside from that, even if you didn't play the games, when I say play, I mean, gamble It was a saucy NFL Sunday, as in, like, the entire NFL hit the sauce. They were lost in the sauce. The entire league was lost in the sauce, two sheets to the wind. I mean, how many wild upsets were there? How many legends played, like, utter crap? How many quarterbacks were cussing like sailors at the podium? And maybe the single most inebriated play of the entire season so far. What I'm saying is yesterday was a sloppy mess. Yesterday was the proverbial, it got away from us. And not just that, but if you bet those games, once again, and of course the big head, James Kelly and I did because we have a podcast, a gambling podcast, Jim Rum's Big Head Bets, man, it was a bloodbath. This gambling game is humbling, dog. But well, ba ba. Hey, as an example. Wouldn't you think that a mid-season meeting of the last two NFC champs would be straight fire? What you might not expect is exactly what we got instead. Straight ass. A total and complete bleep show for 59 minutes and 16 seconds. Then Bacon45 finally got his bleep together And somehow pulled out a win out of that dumpster fire. I mean, I hate to go with this, but I'll play to you clones. The Succoneers offense went full Succoneer for more than 59 minutes of that game. Then Bacon, 45, turns back the clock in the last 44 seconds. Back to a happier time when he wasn't missing half his face. And he still did things like this in the final minute.
3: Play action, fake pass to the right side, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Buccaneers take the lead with nine seconds, Kate on. Fire the cannons.
1: Fire the cannons, fire them again. Can we win the game
4: for Tom Brady?
0: It was clutch. It was clutch. The old guy clutched up, but let's be really clear about this. While that was clutch, clutch that was horrifically played by the Rams defense, which was only out-garbaged. Garbage! by their suddenly unwatchable, non-existent offense. So don't be looking for me to tell you how amazing that game was and how amazing it is that a 45-year-old man is pulling stuff like that out of his backside. There was nothing amazing about that game. Nothing amazing other than how bad these two teams are now. The defending champs are officially DOA, and while Brady may have enabled the Bucks to live to fight another day, the next time they step in the ring against anybody who matters, they're going to get knocked the hell out. And no, that is not the type of game that can turn it around an entire season. Because they didn't do a damn thing the entire game. And the Rams did even less. So forgive me for not getting all caught up in how awesome that was because there was nothing to get caught up in other than how bad that game was overall. And don't bring any of that around that Bacon45 did this amazing thing. Because he didn't. However, don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Because I haven't seen that dude that happy in a long time. Because Bake was downright euphoric after surviving this one. Honestly, I do not remember the last time I saw that old man look that happy. Maybe, maybe the moment when his doctor took off his facial bandages post-op and he screamed out, Yes! You did it! You did it! You did it! I look exactly like Kevin Bacon. I mean, seriously, watching the way that dude celebrated that win over a completely lifeless Rams team, you would think that they had just told him they found the other half of his face or that he was going to the lake. Bacon45 was downright exuberant, like that hyped. He was so exuberant, he let an F-bomb fly, like four seconds after hitting the post-game podium.
1: That was awesome. (laughs) That was awesome.
0: (laughs) This dude's won how many Super Bowls, 50? He, He literally went with that. That was awesome that was effing awesome
1: that actually an awesome
0: I mean actually dude, it was anything but maybe for you bacon face but for everybody else, that game was effing painful calling that game ugly is offensive to the word ugly It's more like that was effing pitiful that was effing excruciating that was an effing afternoon that I will never get back. That was awesome. I mean, I'm sure they'll take it. He's not going to throw it back. Bucks fan can definitely live with winning ugly. All right, so I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48. I said 4 4-8. hours sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains... Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Rams fan, though, I don't even know what the hell to say to you. I mean, seriously, the hell has happened to that team? It's one thing to have a championship hangover. It's something else to... Never even make it up off the mat. I mean, inevitably we, all, inevitably, we all do bounce back from that hangover, right? But don't blame this on that hangover. Believe me, these dudes have been guzzling Pedialyte for weeks. Nine weeks in, this is not a Super Bowl hangover. Nine weeks in, this is who these guys are. And of course, we knew there'd be issues on the offensive line. Of course, we knew it would never be easy to wear and defend that crown but I never, ever would have expected the bottom to fall out the way it has for them this season. The Rams, they're unrecognizable. They're unwatchable right now. L.A. had 206 total yards of offense in this game. A Sean McVay-led offense had just over 200 yards total. Matthew Gofford, 13 for 27. And if they didn't have Cooper Cup on offense, they'd have no offense at all. And even with Cup, It's an offense that has been outscored 71-10 to in the fourth quarter this season. Like, I would say there is no bigger disaster than the defending champs going into the tank the way they have. I would say that, but if I did say that, that would be ignoring the fact that the Green Bay Packers exist. Segway. Holy crap, Packers. Holy crap, Green Bay. As terrible as the Rams-Bucks was, at least there were 44 good seconds in that game. There were zero good seconds in Packers-Lions. There were zero good seconds for my dude Aaron Rodgers. Point zero. Ordinarily, there are a number of things to point to when the Packers' offense struggles. This week, nothing. And I hate to say it, but this week, it starts with number 12. In fact, I don't even hate to say it. How could I say otherwise? My man didn't just throw three picks. He threw some of the most disgusting passes of his entire career yesterday. So now Aaron, it is. Aaron is now on a five-game losing streak for the first time in his career. And it's not like Green Bay got shut down by the 85 Bears. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about them getting shut down by one of the worst defenses ever. The Lions. The same freaking Lions who can't stop anybody. The Lions who cannot stop anybody just shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You know, the same Lions that are 32nd in total defense. 32nd in scoring defense. And have allowed at least 24 points in every single game this season. Until yesterday, when they locked the Packers up and shut them down and held them to nine points. Nine! Everybody else had 24 or more, and the Packers had nine. I thought yeah, it was embarrassing enough coming now. in that they were only favored by three and a half. Not only did they not cover, they got beat down. They got shut down. So I have to agree. I have to agree with Aaron when he says that he made some crappy throws yesterday, although that's not exactly how he put it.
1: Yeah, it's... Throws for sure. You know, the kid made a nice one down the middle, but the other two, you know, I probably should have just checked out of that play and hand the ball off or adjusted the route in the first one. And then, uh, yeah, I just, was a little off balance and threw a bad one to Dave in the back. Where are you at mentally, Aaron? All you've done is win for most of your time here. Now you're sitting here at 3-6 and and you know know the rest. Yeah, pretty disappointed. Uh, That about sums it up.
0: Well, man, I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure it does. I, I don't Like, expect you to give up, but I'm not sure pretty disappointing does this justice. I'm not even sure heartbreaking and devastating go far enough. Anyway, Alvy. Thanks, Alvy.
1: Pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Aaron did not come back this year for a 3-6 and six disaster and a five-game losing streak and an offense which is completely and utterly broken. And how long before people start looking at Matt LaFleur, if they haven't already? Packer fan, I know you have. But Aaron's not helping him. He's not helping him. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but I'm saying that a chunk of it is his fault. He's not helping him right now. He's hurting him.
4: That's not helping kids. It's hurting them, Rome.
0: At this point, Aaron can't pass the buck and the blame because he doesn't have the help around him that he needs. If you were to take a hard look in the mirror... He can't like what he sees right now, at least from a football standpoint. Truth be told, the Packers aren't nearly what they were a year ago, but neither is Aaron. And it gets worse now for the Pack because they lost pass rusher Rashawn Gary for the season with a blown ACL yesterday. So here is a list of other Packers who came away from that game banged up. Aaron Jones, that's not good. Romeo Dubs, David Bakhtiari, Christian Watson... Eric Stokes, key guys. Key guys on a team that's already not good. So the only thing worse than losing to the one-win Lions was losing to the one-win Lions and losing damn near half your roster at the same time. So needless to say, it does not look like the two-time defending MVP will be retaining his strap. Also a rough go for the dude who started yesterday as the Vegas favorite to rip the award this year. I'm going to save that thought. About those Jets. Got to give it to them. Got to give it to them. Tip my hat. Give them credit. Give them respect. Put some respect on the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big Green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew they wanted to talk about it. It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll. With an authentic big green egg, it is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right, a lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. He is Will Brinson. Will, what's going on? How are you?
1: Jim, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, actually, I, if I have to bolt early, it's because the Carolina Panthers are hiring me to be their their interim head coach.
0: Yeah, and they should too, and they should too. I, I isn't that funny? Like, I, I want to go to what's your reaction to the firing of the head coach, but the hiring of the interim coach is way more interesting. Dude, what the hell? Like, I understand Jim Harisay is a little bit different of a cat the hell is that all about? You're going to pull that guy? I don't want to say Saturday is some hot taker out of the ESPN studio because he was an extremely well-respected member and player of that organization. But what is your reaction not to Wright getting fired but to Saturday getting hired?
1: I was doing local radio here with my buddy Adam gold when like the tweet, when I saw the, like the, the, the tweet come across. And I, I literally was unable to think uh, of like, I was unable to answer whatever question he was asking me. Cause I was, I was too busy wondering why, how are you hiring Jeff Saturdays your interim? I look, you look at this Jim and it's very clear to me based on what has happened over the last, let's just think the last four weeks really in, in totality. And you have, Sam Ellen, first of all, you have Sam Ellinger, you know, Matt Ryan bench. Sam Ellinger put in, despite not having ever take, you know, taken a single NFL throw in the regular season game in his career, some preseason stuff. Um, you have Frank Wright fired. You have, by the way, uh Jim Irsay going ham for 15 or 13 minutes on Dan Snyder at the owners' meetings just a few weeks ago. And now you have Jeff Saturday being hired. Uh, it, Saturday, of course, a legendary member of, of the Colts, a ring of honor guy. Um Certainly, I mean, probably got Peyton Manning's endorsement, I guess, for this. I, I don't know, but it, all of it, it, it is very, very clear to me that Jim Irsay is the guy who is pulling the you know pulling the strings with the Colts in terms of their personnel moves, in terms of their uh, coaching moves, in terms of really everything. And no offense to Jim Irsay, but I'd rather have somebody who is a little more, uh, a little less of a different cat, and a little maybe more in touch with the 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 NFL world. Uh, outside of the ownership perspective, who's pulling the strings and who's making the moves and is responsible for the decision process in Indianapolis.
0: Will Brinson joining us. In other words, let the football people make the football decisions. I don't know. Again, I like Jeff Saturday, Will. I'm just going to say this. It seems to me if you're going to make a move like that and you're going to go into that organization to pull that guy out and bring him back, if Brian Windhorst is available, you hire him. (laughs) <laughs> Wendy Wendy deserves that gig Come on man I mean that, that is wild even even for Jim Ursay that is wild so we'll see how that plays out and to your point it's been a wild several weeks. Hey. yeah go ahead
1: I was, you know, I was gonna say I, I think the other thing just really quickly Jim on the, on on the Ursay stuff I think we can trace it all back to and I know this sounds crazy Carson Wentz. But Ursa, Wentz losing that game in week eighteen to the Jaguars spun Ursay so out of orbit. It made him so mad. He spent the all season, like not even passively aggressively, just aggressively bashing Wentz. And he took it out on Frank Wright. He believed Wright was the guy who and Wright was the guy who vouched for Vouch to Chris Ballard for Carson Wentz, who brought him in, and I think that is just lingered and lingered and lingered, and now you're going to hear him at this press conference this afternoon, be like, "We're going to get back to the way of the shoe. they are going to build it for the shoe," and all kinds of like shoe references, you know, the horseshoe references when it comes to Jeff Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I'm so glad that you made that point. I really agree with you. I think that does go back to Carson Wentz, and it wasn't just Wentz; it was anybody who had anything to do with signing off on that and saying that was okay, because I don't think he's over Wentz, and this is the epitome of he's not. He's not. You know he's not. And now they got to move ahead. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Will, had this not gone down this morning, I would have started off by saying, dude, holy crap, what a freaking bloodbath yesterday. I think that I won one game and I pushed another and a push has never felt so good. It was a brutal weekend. How did you do?
1: Uh, I think my picks were terrible against the spread. So if, if, if that makes you feel better. I mean, it was It was one, two, where like, I believe last week it was like talking about how the books were taking a bath. And that's when you know that that it's going to come back around the following week and the public's just going to get hammered. You know, you saw, I mean, look, I don't, I don't remember. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I've been on this earth 40 some years and uh, I've watched football for a lot of those years. I don't remember the last time that I saw the Jets beat the Bills and the Lions beat the Packers in the same weekend. You know, like that, that's a rare occurrence. I mean, that money line parlay would have been uh, pretty spicy if you wanted to go that route, but nobody in their right mind would have done that, Jim. Those are um even as bad as Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, you don't see you don't expect him to lose to the Lions. I mean, most most red zone interceptions in his career in a single game, and then Josh Allen. You know, we thought they were sort of playing around with the Packers last week in the second half, and then all of a sudden that carries over completely into a full game against the New York Jets. Who, by the way, like Robert Sala now has a a win in Green Bay and a win against Buffalo this season, along with you know you got six six and three several backup quarterbacks they beat. But the guys, sort of creating a, a bit of a you know this is a resume builder when you know when te- you know not that we not that I'm saying he was going to be fired or anything, but you know when you go you get, you know, a couple of years into your tenure and you don't have a lot of wins, it can be problematic. And now. You can say, look, we we can go after the top guy in the division. We can take out Josh Allen. Uh, And then you have Sauce Gardner who looks like already one of the best cornerbacks in football and a, and a budding superstar. The the Jets, the Giants, and the Seahawks, great examples of how a draft class can really flip around your season in a very unexpected way.
0: Will Brinson joining us. I agree with what you just said. I don't think there's anything fluky about the Jets. And I was skeptical and I really thought that that statement about we're collecting receipts was going to come back and bite him in the ass. And it's not. Yeah. I don't think there's anything fluky about the Jets. I think they're legit. I'm buying them. The question is, to what extent? To what extent do you buy the Jets? I mean, I mean, do you buy them enough to say that not only are they looking at the postseason, but they've got to look at that division that they could actually win that division?
1: They're twenty-two to one on Caesars to to uh, to win the division right now, which is uh-huh. like kind of intriguing, especially if you know Josh Allen at the end of that game was grabbing his elbow. Yeah, you know, we've seen the Patriots are just up and down. Like the Patriots can can stranglehold bad football teams um, with young quarterbacks, but I, you know I don't think they're going to dominate. Um, uh, you know, a great football team. Uh, and then you, the Dolphins, you know, I think they're like six to one to win the division. Uh, yeah, I would, I mean, I would be more intrigued in the prices on Miami, New York, and uh, New England than I would on Buffalo's, like minus 500 to win the division, given how Allen looked. They're probably going to win it. Um, but the Jets are very much right in that wild card mix. And it's, you know, it's, it's going to be both, it, it's wild the, the parity in the NFL this season and the teams that are in the mix. I mean, I don't think anybody would have expected that, you know, out after you have Buffalo, Kansas City and Baltimore, your next three teams in the in the AFC are uh, you know ten, uh, Tennessee, New York, and Miami, given how their off seasons went. and the same deal with Seattle uh and the Giants being in, right in the mix and the and the Falcons right outside the mix uh in terms of I mean heck the the freaking commanders would have been uh you know the first team out if they if they managed to beat uh, the Vikings on Sunday. so there is just an absurd amount of parody across the board in the NFL this year. And we're going to see some surprising playoff teams. And I think, yeah, the jets can be one, but they're going to be, you know, look, look at Tom Brady yesterday, right? Throws a touchdown with nine seconds left. I think it's the second latest game winning touchdown he's ever thrown in his illustrious career. Um, That's the difference between being three and six and feeling like your season might be slipping away and being four and five, which is not impressive, but does put you uh, in as the four seed if the season ended today. And so I think it's going to be these next four to five weeks, we're going to see a lot of these games that are decided by very close margins. And, and that's what we'll look back on saying, you know, did this team make the playoffs? Did they not? And and so a long winded way of saying, yes, the jets can make it, but, they're, they're, it's so so razor thin margins in the NFL that these next few weeks will really decide uh, whether or not they go oh,
0: right. Like week to week. We have no idea what we're getting. Did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. Having enough first alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the best things that you can do for your home and your family. So install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. Once the alarms are installed, it's then important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. And remember, alarms do not last forever and they need to be replaced. Also, please remember, alarms don't last forever and they need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you cannot remember the last time you replaced your alarm, it is best to replace the unit completely. For a replacement option, my favorite is First Alert's 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms. 10-Year Sealed Battery Alarms are convenient, and they eliminate the need for battery replacements for an entire decade. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash firepreventionmonth. Will Brinson joining us. I got a text from a buddy of mine, Will, Craig Dato. Craig Dato is a guy who works on Sports Injury Central with the Pro Football Doc. And full disclosure, I'm an investor in that company, and I'm on the advisory board. But he did send me this. They've got a video up on their site right now, and it's talking about Josh Allen and that there's no guarantee that he'll play this week. And again, this is what they do on that site. They analyze injuries and that he had a similar elbow injury in 2018, and he missed four games. So what I'm saying is, I don't know, and I'm just looking at that. That elbow tight, that that twinge that he seemed to have, that tinge, that may not be nothing. And in fact, that might be something. There may be an issue there with Josh Allen, so that's something worth watching. Your point, Will, before you go, about how Tampa Bay got that win, the difference between winning that game and losing that game, and what that might do, and how that feels. What about the Rams? I mean, what about the Rams? We knew that they were going to have some serious issues. We knew they'd have problems up front on the offensive line, but I was never expecting to see a Sean McVay offense look this anemic and totally incapable of doing anything at all. How did it go so wrong so fast for the defending world champs?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically just full-blown attrition on the offensive line. And then, you know, the other thing we saw, too, with the Rams in the Super Bowl was when Odell Beckham got hurt, that offense really started to just completely just regress. And that was with a much better offensive line. Like they stagnated big time. Um, the, the, the You know, the the running backs there K. makers clearly on the trading block. They don't, the the personnel on offense has just, there's a natural attrition in the NFL when you win a Super Bowl because guys want to get paid. You know, guys want, you know, Andrew Whitworth is like, I'm walking away. This is the perfect time to do it. Um, you know, they've dealt with injuries. You don't have, you know, year to year injury luck that happens all the time. And then sometimes you lose these close games like this. Neither team played well in this game. I mean, you, you don't you don't feel great. About, I mean, you feel great about winning, but you don't look at it and say, "Wow, our offense finally started clicking." This is a case of just stealing a win and, and just hoping to have the ball last and, and, and pulling it off. You know, for me, it's been tough because yeah, I, as the as a founder of the Matthew Stafford to the Hall of Fame at the Rams in the Super Bowl uh, 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 program here, like I've been getting lit up every time Stafford does something bad, but I don't put it on Stafford. I think it is about the lack of an offensive line. And, you know, it's just tough to adjust to that. You can't, there's nothing you can do to really fix it other than just hope those guys can play and sort of Figure you know get some continuity. They don't have any continuity, and that's what they'd had on that offensive line for a while. So I think to me that's the biggest issue for them. And there's just not an easy in-season fix for an offensive line that that took some major hits because you went and won a Super Bowl and guys got paid or guys retired and or walked away, etc.
0: We're talking to Will Branson or or he somehow transforms and morphs into Joe Burrow who continues to play well behind no matter who they put in front of him. Hey, you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. So there was speculation Will, over the weekend that maybe he might be ready to go in December. Maybe Dallas might have the inside track. If you had to guess, how effective do you think he'll be when he does come back and what do you think's the best fit or where he might end up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple different places. Obviously green Bay would seem to work, but are they, are they even good? You know, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers' thumb messed up? Should they sit Aaron Rodgers and play Jordan Love and showcase him for a trade? I mean, I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, you know, the Rams would would certainly make sense because of his familiarity there, but, you know, they're three and five. And by the time he comes back, is he going to end up going, you know, like, are they going to have enough wins where he wants to join a team that's that's like, you know, four and seven or whatever it is? So I think, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I assume based on what we've heard from OBJ that he does want to try and make it to a uh, contending team. And and so maybe these, again, these next few weeks are going to sort of change how that outlook plays out. And we'll see, you know, are there injuries to teams like, you know, does Tampa deal with, is Tampa dealing with injuries? Would he be willing to to go play with Tom Brady? Would Tom Brady want him there? Um, Dallas, of course, you know, they they seem like a team that could use, I don't know, Amari Cooper, maybe, or some other offensive weapon uh, in addition to CeeDee Lamb. I think there's plenty of, Tennessee would make a lot of sense. If he's if he's willing to go into that sort of offense with a Derrick Henry style, uh, you know, Derrick Henry heavy, but they could use a number one. We saw that on on Sunday night. Uh, clearly, they they really miss AJ Brown. So I think I think those spots all kind of make sense. And uh, I'm trying to think. There's another one you could throw in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just depends on what are the Rams and the Packers do or the Bills. Obviously, the Bills are the team that you know he's been you know, bandied about as possibly joining his buddy Von Miller there, um, and just sort of running back what you know what the Rams did last year.
0: All right, so, Will, one last thought. What about Philadelphia? Philadelphia improves to 8-1 and one for the first time in franchise history, or they get off their, their best start in quite some time with that win over the Texans on Thursday. Houston was the latest team, though, to run the ball well on Philly. Do you have any real concerns about their run defense and the fact that it's in the bottom third of the league? In other words, can you contend for and win a championship if you have trouble like that against the run?
1: Yeah, that's no, a great point. Um, the Eagles, by the way, shout out to me for having the Eagles winning the NFC before the season, which he's going to gonna keep using that as long as they're undefeated and and, and, and leading the NFC, uh, even though it's meaningless. And when they get to the playoffs, if you have to face a team that has a great run game, it then becomes, can Jalen Hurts lead this team in, the, can, can Jalen Hurts win by the, w- Can the Eagles win with Jalen Hurts being the primary focal point of the offense having to throw the ball downfield because you are are trailing, if if that were to happen? We have seen several teams run the ball on them really well, and it is is a concern. I think because of their style of running and the way that they utilize Jalen Hurts in the run game, how physical they are at the the point of attack with their offensive line, that they should be able to get downhill on most teams, get a lead, and then force teams to do that against them. But, yeah, if they run into – yeah, you know, here's a great example. December fourth, I think in uh, what four weeks they're going to play the Titans at home. Derrick Henry, I, I like. I almost kind of want the Eagles to be trailing early to see what happens. You know, Hurst has played, had some fantastic pass game uh, moments like we've seen him throw downfield and we've seen him win in the passing game. Uh, You know, we see it on the screen right now with A.J. Brown, just how dominant an alpha wide receiver he is. And we saw it against the Steelers. They stacked the box and said, you're not going to run on us. And Hurts bombed it all over the field on them. So I think it's I, I think they can win like that. But it is certainly the preference of a team that's built like the Eagles that you get that you get the lead. You get downhill on somebody; they strangle out, you know, the the opposing defense, and then force the you know force the offense on the other side to be throwing against them. That's their best setup uh, when they're able to do it.
0: So, what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of highli, spelled J A I A L A I, originating in the Basque region of Spain. And played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Highlight is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronton in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighliWorld.com or download the free Highlight app app in the App Store. The sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching. Check out all the action at highlightworld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. highlightworld.com Monday and Tuesday at 5pm Friday at 7pm. All right. so again I mentioned that Everything was just wild and chaotic over the weekend. And if you had gone into the weekend, Josh Allen was not only the odds-on favorite to win the MVP, you essentially would have given it to him already. But that was before the weekend. And it's been a while since we've seen him unload a dump in his pants the way he did. And yes, I know that sounds harsh, especially in light of the fact that he might be hurt. And especially in light of the fact that the Jets had something to do with it But he really did unload a dump in his pants. And it may sound harsh, but if you said it directly to him, I don't think that even he would deny it. In fact, I know he wouldn't because this is what he said after the game.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league. Um, You're playing a good team and your quarterback plays like (laughs) Made some bad decisions tonight. Really cost our team. A lot to learn from, a lot to grow from. But that's not, that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. That's not the ball that
0: we play. Um, so, a lot to look at, a lot to learn from. So, he did own that, and he's right, and it happens? Yeah, it happens. It happens to us all? It happens to us all. What usually does not happen, though, and what has not happened in over a decade, is the JETS starting 6-3. and three. I mean, you tell me, Jets fan. That felt like the biggest win for that organization since Joe Namath beat the Colts in 69. Like, I don't know how Robert Receipts is doing this and I really did believe that that lame crack about him collecting them would come back to bite him in the ass and forever stick to him after he got run out of town. But I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. And this dude is on his way to potentially not getting run out of town, but becoming the toast of that town. Not only is he not a laughing stock, not only is he not in danger of getting run out of town, somehow, some way, Bob Sala finds himself right in the middle of the coach of the year race. Only thing as crazy as that is that gum-chomping assassin is right there too. The two of them. And Sala's getting it done while not getting that much out of Zach Wilson. And at this point, it doesn't matter that much. Ultimately, it will. But so far, they're getting away with it. And I'm telling you, I think that they're legit. I think that they're real. There's nothing fluky about who they've beaten or how they're doing it. They proved it. They're the proverbial problem, especially playing defense the way they did. They can beat anybody if they're D'ing up the way they are, let's not act like that was all on Josh Allen. Like Allen didn't prepare. Allen was looking ahead. Allen didn't give a damn. No, he played poorly. But the Jets' defense had more than a little to do with the fact that he played like crap. And if the Jets really are legit and they really do have designs on shocking the world and ripping that division, That defense is going to have to keep showing up like that every single week and carry Zach Wilson until he catches up to them, if he ever catches up to them. But right now, they've got every reason to be feeling themselves. I mean, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Impressive as hell. Really impressive. However, like I said at the top, Weird weekend, saucy weekend, cussing at the podium, sloppy, in the messy, source. inebriated football. And then on top of that, one extremely wasted, drunk off their ass play to rule them all. I'm talking about Chargers, Falcons. A couple of teams I really like. I do. A couple of coaches I really like. I do. But a couple of franchises that often cannot get out of their own way. And one play, perfectly illustrated that. The Chargers had the ball in the final minute, game tied at 17. They just need to spin the clock down, kick the game-winning field goal, get the hell off the field, get the dub, get out of there. And a push that I needed because I couldn't win anything. A push would have felt like a win. Except this happened.
2: It's over oh. 20.
1: Dawkins say Eckler was not ruled down. Ball comes loose again. Wow, the big question will be, was he ruled down at the 19? All right, let's take a look. One thing I have learned is not to pass judgment. I have no idea, so let's see what happened on the replay. ...by the offense, recovered by the defense, subsequently fumbled by the defense, and recovered by the offense. Wow.
0: I mean, again, I hate to do it. I like both teams. I like both organizations. But that's what playing hot potato with a win looks like. Two teams trying their very best to completely melt down at the end. Like nobody wanted to win that game. And how do you argue that anybody deserves to win that game when they're tossing the rock around like that at the end of the game? I hate to say it because for the third time, I like them. Fail clowns. Fail clown. You did it again. You know I hate that gloss. You know it's like the dumbest gloss ever. But you fail, fail yet clown yet again. All of which set up Cameron Dicker to hit his second game-winning field goal of the season. Now, this guy's bounced all over the league already this season. He first came as a member of the Eagles, or his first game-winner came when he was a member of the Eagles. Then yesterday, he walked it off in the ATL for the Bolts, which gave the Chargers social media team the opportunity to, To thumb this out, and I quote, big dicker energy. Wow. Were the Chargers social media sauced as well? Was anybody involved in the NFL sober yesterday? Or did clones, I know there's a lot of wild crap going on on Twitter right now, were the clones somehow able to hack into the Chargers' Twitter account? Because that sounds exactly like something one of y'all would tweet. I was expecting more of the same, too. Once that one got pushed out there and stayed out there, I expected something like, I don't know, before the game, Dicker ate a fish basket at... Long John Silvers. (laughs) Or maybe chase that with Dicker has the kicking power of three legs. My man came back from Halloween with a whole bag full of penis. (laughs) Just one of those saucy, (laughs) sloppy days in pro football. Hopefully everybody got hydrated, lighted or pedialit, slap it off, because right now the NFL reeks of stale beer, puke, and cigs this morning. Bijan Robinson is my guest. Bijan, great to have you on. How are you?
4: Man, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm glad to be here, you know, being able to talk to you, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm doing great.
0: Good, dude. Good. And it's great to have you here. And I'm really happy to talk to you, too. So, you had an enormous game, as I mentioned, against K State. In fact, you ran for 161 yards in the first half alone. I know you're always going to like your chances, but do you go into a game like that in an environment like that with a mindset that you're going to go there and dominate on the ground the way you did?
4: Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, you know, I just want to, you know, say it's a blessing, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to, to get to play there. Um, but, yeah, man, the, you know, the whole week. We just been harping on, you know, being able to run the football on a team like that, and you know they're a really good defense. So, you know, we we knew that we needed to attack them on the ground to, you know, obviously end up, you know, winning the game. So it was, it was, it was a mindset type of game for me and, and all the running backs. But we understood that, you know, we need to get the ball, you know, on the ground so we can have the opportunity to, you know, open up and pass the ball um, so we can win the football game.
0: Sean Robinson joining us in terms of mindset. I wonder. A couple of weeks back, you had one and a really good opportunity against Oklahoma State, but it got away from you in the fourth quarter. How determined yeah. was everybody to make sure that that did not happen again? That that could not happen again?
4: Yeah, I mean, we we were all determined. Uh, you know, the, those experiences on the road of you know not being able to pull them out in the fourth quarter. You know, we we were understanding that you know it, it was time to start. You know, finishing new games and, and finishing them the right way, um, and you know, just just having the toughness to being able to, you know, win in any environment that we're in, and not and not just you know come here at home and and do that, but but do it the way too, and, and understand that you know every game's a a big game for us. You know, no matter what it is, home away. You know, we got to go into every game with the mindset of, you know, wanting to dominate and, and take control of the whole game.
0: I hey, mean Bishon, you are Texas. You're the Longhorns, so you're right. Every single game is going to be huge. But I'm curious, yep. when you talk about going on the road like that, like, how critical was it to get that huge win against a top 15 team on the road? Like, how big was that for your group and for the program?
4: Oh, man, it was, it was, it was huge. Um, but it was big because, you know, now, now it gives us the, the confidence and the motivation to, to keep on, you know, you know, winning and, and being the team that we want to be ultimately you know in the end. But, you know, having a game like that and winning a game like that, to have to now have the opportunity to play games, you know, this Saturday against T C U, you know, it's a huge confidence boost and, and I think that all the players are are ready to go and, and their mindsets are, you know, ready to you know to dominate on Saturday against, you know, T C U.
0: Bijan Robinson is joining us. You know, how about we put some respect on the defense? How much did your defense oh. show you and effectively saying, "Hey, man, it's our time. We need to make a play. We got to get off the field. We got to finish this and get it done." How pleased were you with the way they clutched up?
4: Man, I was I was super happy to to see them. You know, finish the game and come out. You know, ultimately to to win the game for us. Um, you know, the the effort that they put in. You know, throughout that that last drive, it, it was it was just awesome to see because. You know, if, if they gave up a touchdown, then we would be tied up, or you know, anything could have happened. So, you know, seeing them, you know, come down, you know, to the end and, and not quit and not give up and to show the toughness, the toughness that they've been, you know, having, you know, throughout the season, it's it, it, it was really good to see, and it was really, you know. Uh, like I said earlier, like a confidence booster for for us and the team to, to show, you know, the kind of toughness that they that they play with throughout
0: the game. All right, so it's always a good time to win a game like that, but especially before a major, major challenge against TCU. Yep. I mean, no rest for the weary. I know it's early in the week, but what are your early thoughts on that matchup?
4: Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for the opportunity to play to play against them. Um, you know, they're they're a good team. They've been a great team this year. Uh, they they play as a team and. You know they have an undefeated record, so you know to be able to play up against a a team like that, you know here at home and you know just have the opportunity to to, to execute the the gifts that God's given me and and this whole team. You know I'm I'm excited for that opportunity and I'm excited to you know play play up against them.
0: All right, so I can tell I I know you're locked in. You're locked in for everything that's going on on the field. I want to ask you about a couple of things off the field that are really interesting to me. Like name, image, and likeness deals have changed college sports. Tell me, I'm wrong, but you made headlines when you partnered up with a local Lamborghini dealership in Austin, which included a lease for a car for this year. My man, that is a very, very exotic whip. What's it like it's to a, roll around in a rig like that?
4: Man, it's cool. It's, it's you know, I, I, for me, you know, it's it's a car for me. But I understand, you know, that's that's a really, you know, really cool car to be in. But you know, it's it's a obviously a blessing and and a. Cool, cool deal to have, you know, especially for a college athlete. But, you know, for me, it's it's just a cool opportunity for other college athletes to to go big or know to do something like that, um, and not not be afraid of you know trying to get a deal with somebody of that caliber. But, you know, for me, it's it's a cool 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 deal. You know, driving in that car, and you know, I, I try not to you know boast about it too much. But yeah, it's a it's a cool opportunity for sure.
0: You bet. Take advantage of it. The other thing is, you've been putting some of that nil money to good use. Before the school year started, yep. you donated more than three thousand dollars worth of backpacks to a local yep. charter school. Why was that something you wanted to do?
4: Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that I want really to do. You know, it's it, you know, football. Football is, a, is is the platform that you know God put me on. But you know, he, he put me on the platform to you know execute it outside of football as well, and, and understand that you know there's so many more. Important things out in the world that you know they're other than football, um, and you know I know that these kids you know can't afford can't afford a lot of things, and they couldn't afford a backpack. So you know the school that I I put it to, you know I made sure that they all got a nice backpack, and they all just you know had the opportunity to, to talk to me and for me to be a for me to be a friend to them. So you know that, that's what I like to do the most is to help people out and to you know, looking have an opportunity to, you know, get some things that they might not have have had or 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 wanted before. So that that was, that was my main goal behind it and you know, it was just an, op, uh, an awesome, you know, thing for me to to do that for them.
0: It is. Good job. Bijan Robinson joins me for a few more moments. One of the top players in college football. When you talk about platforms outside of football, I know you are an aspiring actor as well. We all know Matthew yeah. McConaughey is a huge Longhorn fan. I know yeah. you've done some work with him. What do you two work on, and what are those sessions like?
4: yeah i mean that's that's my guy you know that's that's a big brother for me um you know a huge mentor for me, but you know we talk all the time just about you know not just acting but like just life uh we'll talk about the game after the game, and you know he'll he'll give me the some pointers and some tips on you know what he saw on the t v or what 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 I could have done better with so you know it's it's one of those just like big brother um relationships and you know you know, hopefully in the future, you know, we can grow to do something, you know, really cool, really special. But, you know, right now it's just been awesome having them, you know, just being able to talk to him, you know, all the time. And, you know, every single week, you know, me and him will have conversations just about, you know, just how the family's doing, just how everything's going. So, you know, he's really cool. He's really cool, you know, got to be, be you know, friends with, you know, and, you know, we're going to keep growing our relationship from there.
0: Dude, check this. Tell me what's more bizarre. What's more bizarre than – a, I was actually in a movie with him once called Two really? for the Money. Yes, true story. And dude was totally <laughs> cool about it. Al Pacino was in a movie. Or B, dude, okay. this, and you, you think that's weird. People literally come up to me on the street and say, hey, man, are you Matthew McConaughey? Like, I've never understood this. People really? think that I look like him. And when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, I am. What's up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what's up and i sign stuff and i act like i'm okay. him dude I, I was in laguna or i was in san clemente there and I, my wife and this woman yeah. literally walked right by me and she's like yo mcconaughey what's up and she rolled right by me i'm like man that, that was funny wow. no that wild like, That's I, crazy. i don't get it that's crazy I, maybe maybe you don't think that's funny i think that's crazy not, but, but yeah i is, own is it dude it i'm like I, yeah yes i am is it cool yes I I about telling
4: cool tell
0: that, that i talked to you yeah dude yeah absolutely i would love it he'll probably go probably. who he'll be like who Rome, who I, I don't know. Yeah, but t- tell him that I'm claiming. <laughs> that I'm, I'm claiming him. Whenever somebody comes by and asks me if I'm him, I say yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Would you like a picture, dude? Yep, one more. One more thing. I appreciate that you yep. because you are a great Longhorn back. There's a history of great Longhorn backs. I know you've also spent time with Ricky Williams. I love Rick. Yeah. I love Rick. What's it like to chop it up with him? And what kind of advice is he giving you?
4: Man, he he's given me. You know, just all the advice you know that I've been that I've been needing since I've been here. You know, just having him, you know, go through go through everything here. You know, as a, as a great running back, but especially you know just a role model for people to see that you know Ricky Williams is is who he is. But for me, it's it's a it's a brother for me. You know, like like with Matthew, you know, he's a he's a bigger brother for me. Always we always communicate. We always just asking me questions on, on how I'm doing and, and making sure I'm doing the right thing, you know, on and off the field because, you know, he's been through it here and, you know, he, he's seen it at a, at a really big big level for himself. So, you know, he's making sure that I'm on, you know, that same track and doing the right things and, you know, not getting distracted by anything or, or anybody. So, you know, having him, you know, give me those type of pointers and those type of tips, you know, all the time, him and Earl Campbell, uh, you know, it's it's obviously – you know, something that God has is, is implemented for, my, for me in my life, you know, this whole time. So, man, I, I, love, I love Ricky and, you know, just everything that he's done here and now that he's helping me, you know, try to be at, at his level. It's awesome.
0: All right, so one last thought because you mentioned Earl Campbell. I'm glad you did. Like, that would kind of date me, but I'm telling you, yeah. I don't know if you've watched, like, old video of him. My man was oh, a yeah. monster, dude. He was a oh, yeah. monster. How is <laughs> he doing right now in terms of health, and what's it like to spend time with him?
4: Yeah, yeah, he's 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 good. Um, you know, and just being able to to talk to him and to have, you know, those those wise conversations because, you know, he he's had so much experience, you know, in life, um, for himself. But, you know, now having him, you know, seeing him sometimes and, and talking to him sometimes, you know, it just shows you that, you know, that, that dude is you know, he he's he's a legend for sure. Uh he's I mean everybody respects him. his, his respect level here is you know, through the roof and, and he has my respect, you know, ever since I talked to him day one. Um, so, you know, he's he's in great, he's in good condition, you know, he's he's always put he always put a smile on his face, he's always, you know, telling me the right thing, so it's just awesome, you know, being able to to you know have a guy like him still. My
0: you know, man, you here. you have a really strong perspective. Good for you. Bijan Robinson, you've got Texas coming off an enormous win at Kansas State with another big challenge and opportunity against TCU. Bijan, really good to have you on the show. You you yep. tell tell McCon, hey, you that his twin brother Rome chatted him yep. up on the show. And we'll see if he even knows, right?
4: <laughs> I got you.
0: Yeah, I will. Well, I, I will. appreciate you, man. Good looking out. All right. Good talking, yeah, to you, man. man. Jim, what's going on? What's up, John? How you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. Never mind the phones. I got to witness that Jet Buffalo action yesterday live. And in typical Buffalo fashion, they come in, you know, loud as could be with their Buffalo Let's Go Buffalo chants and everything. You know, they got things going on. It's looking like a Super Bowl year for them. They sit in their seats. And then all of a sudden, it happens, as usual. They <laughs> Wide right field goal miss right they're up 14 to 3 and then all of a sudden the tide turns and the crowd gets lower the, the stench gets a little bit more and buffalo once again <laughs> craps in the bucket jim i mean it was funny to witness lot you see them coming down the escalator like they just ate a box of lemons they got construction boots that they wear their work boots i don't understand why cuz 90% of them are unemployed like my friend said i mean it was just a while, and the jets defense went ballistic jim it was it was a great thing to see. And that includes my brother and
0: my... John, is this how it's going to be? John, John, South East Wisco. Chris, what's going on, Chris? Hey, Jim, how you doing, brother? Good, dude, how are you?
5: I'm doing fantastic, man. Hey, listen, Jim, I'm not a psychic, but I have a strong feeling none of my Wisco clone brothers up in the Northwoods will be calling in today. So as per usual, I'll be the great leader that I am and do the heavy lifting. I was certain you would want to hear what the mood is like here in real time. As you might imagine, Jim, Packer fans are distraught after seeing their beloved team get butchered at Ford Field yesterday. What a bleep show led by Red Zone Rogers. He chased it with yet another cringy postgame presser. There he was, Ayahuasca 38, dressed in all black like the omen. Every post game, he rips his teammates, leaving them with tire tread marks on their foreheads, as he mercilessly chucks them under the bus in front of the media. Yesterday, it would have been impossible for him to do so, Jim. After he threw for a hat trick on the football field, his on-field body language is worse than everybody's favorite ex-Bears QB slash big game hunter. Cuddy. Rogers' past will put him in the Hall of Fame for sure, but his present is exactly what he deserves. Weekly ass kickings. Hopefully no more psycho babble from Rogers, arrogantly lecturing young teammates about self-manifestation when he should have brought his lazy ass to OTAs to work with the young guys. Pure and simple. This dude is a total bag. Lastly, Jim, it was priceless to see Devontae Adams outscore the Packers' mighty offense all by himself yesterday. Unwar the fans at Ford Field for not throwing dead octopus and half out on the field like they do at hockey games in honor of Ayahuasca 38's noteworthy achievement. Clones, you can either win with me or you can watch me win.
0: That was a nasty takedown of Aaron. Jungle historian. He knows more about the show than I do. Steve-O, what's up?
3: Man, I feel like I've already archived that call from Chris in Southeast Wisco before. I, I have a, a little message for Mark in Hollywood, J.D. in Philly, Rooster from Maverick,
0: and comedian Ian Fidance.
2: Tell me how my ass
3: tastes.
0: <laughs> Stuck night. You gotta, this is why he's the jungle historian and not the jungle participant. To Hawaii. Let's give Hawaii a shot. Scott in Hawaii. Hey, Scott, how are you? Aloha, Jim. Aloha, my man. Where? Where in Hawaii? Oahu. Love it. Yes. Hope to see you here someday. I've been there before. I used to go there quite a bit as a kid. Stay at Waikiki, nice. Royal Hawaiian. Hey, for whatever reason, nice. Scott, my parents, my old man loved the old Royal Hawaiian. That's where we stayed.
3: Beautiful hotel. One okay. of the greats. Love it. Originals. Hey, first time, long time. Just wanted to call in and talk about my Raiders real quick. Not too happy with Josh McDaniels. Have no idea why they bought a Patriots coaching and a failed Denver coaching to take care of our young squad. With our veterans
4: sprinkled in, I think we got a good squad. We can do a lot of things. We need we need new direction. Um, as far as my homes, incredible. The kids incredible. Philly, sorry about baseball. Your football team's looking awesome. I'm about to break down here, but first time, in a long time, always listening to you,
0: Jim. Enjoy your enjoy your podcast. Aloha and out. Aloha my man. You know what? Go ahead and rack him. Rack him for getting through Rack it. Him. Rack him for being able to say aloha and being able to and meaning it. I love a call from Hawaii. Just like I love a call from Alaska. V in the fee. What's going on, V? Jimzel Washington. What is up, my guy? <laughs> What's up, dude?
3: Yo, skull, skull, skull. How about my? Yes, my. Seven-in-one Vikings. Yes, I'm from the fee, But as a kid in, that, in 98, Randy Moss was and will always be my guy. Hey, Rick, I'm talking about 1998 when I was a kid, not 1898 when you were a kid. But how about them Skull boys? Let's put some more respect on my boy, Kurt Cousins' name. My guy dropped a huge, nasty fourth quarter down to Justin Jefferson takes a huge shot, gets hurt, comes out of the game, misses a play. You know, back in our bad luck biking days, he'd be out for the game. We lose. We lose the next eight games. No, sir. But Kirk comes back, drops another disgusting dime to my guy, Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, you like that? Hell, yeah, we like that. We love that. Hey, yo, chalk, mid call email. Peep your inbox and look what I just sent you. Anyways, back to my take. 7-1, and, and I know you saw that plane ride back, Jim Samya. I know you saw that cold front the boys was bringing. While Aaron Rodgers throws his teammates under the plane, we throw ice on our neck while we on the plane. Kirk's got no chill, but his neck will. While the other QBs are doing high knees in the plane, my guy, Kirko cuz is covered in ice, giving his team a brain freeze. Now I'm no fool. I know our schedule wasn't the hardest. And next week in Buffalo is the true test. And I'm not taking that lightly at all. But I can't believe wait. End of Call War. War writ saying, You know I'm old enough to be your father after Carol Burnett tries to hit on him during a game of backgammon.
0: V (laughs) and the Ouch. I don't even know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. I mean, it kind of is funny. Good night, night.